y'all. I am so proud of EMCC. I am so proud that we can let our pastor and first lady take some time off. And most of y'all knew where they were. And you chose to, I mean, we haven't missed a beat. We haven't missed a beat. And so I'm just so proud. I'm so proud of us that, that we can allow for our pastor and first lady to get renewed and get refreshed without worrying, okay, if I take my hands off of this, will it keep going? And um, so I just want to give to everybody that showed up, to everybody that's in their place and in their position, um, you know, I just want to say thank you. And I know Pastor and First Lady definitely appreciate the commitment. So, um, and as you know, please continue to keep them in prayer. They are on their way back to Gulf Fort right now. Um, and they are come back from celebrating their 20th anniversary. And I, can I tell you, they have had some... Um, Let's just say the devil's been mad at them for just living the blessed life and walking in obedience and, and being used by God. And so we are just praying that they have a safe trip back. When they come back, they are refreshed and ready to do the will of God. Amen. 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 And I just want to give honor to my husband. And... Um, and, it, and, and let me just tell you a little bit about him. I know I bragged on him, but hey, if I got the mic, I might as well. Um, but my husband, he actually works every Sunday, and he go, gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning and works till noon. And so he took the day off to support his wife. He went into work. Now, he woke up this morning, went to work, and got off early, came home, got a few hours of sleep, and now he's here. And my prayer is that you are just blessed for the love that you've shown me. And so, whatever hours we miss, don't worry, God got us. Amen. All right, let's go, go to God in prayer. God, I just thank you for just being absolutely who you are, just being wonderful and loving. God, I pray, God, that, that you use me today. I make myself available to you. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. I am your vessel. God, I pray I be in service to these, your people. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Well, I am um, honored for those of you who don't know. Um, I am. My name is Yafrika Edwards, and I've been a member of EMCC for the past seven years. Going on eight going on eight years, and um, since I have been in this ministry, my life has been blessed, um, and I have grown, and I'm just so glad that we have leadership that will pour in, and I know, you know, that um, it used to be a time where I was like, oh, God, Pastor, please don't call on me. You got one time a year, one time a year. Please make it a Thursday, you know, when we had Thursdays, um, but now, you know, I've just decided, God, whatever it is you want to do with me, however it is you want to use me. I was, uh, we were talking about uh, Tony Evans, and um, for those of you who know Dr. Tony Evans, his wife passed recently over the holidays. And right after his wife, um, after she passed, he actually preached that following Sunday. And when I tell you, it was so powerful. If you haven't, it's on YouTube. But he talked about how she, at, when she got to the end, that she was satisfied. Oh, yeah. 
And I said, God, you know, I've spent so many years doing what I want to do. I've been so spent so much of my life, when I look back over my 42 years, and I'm like, not one more minute do I want to spend out of your will. Not one more minute, because when I get to the end of this thing and I don't know when it's going to end, I want to say, God, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. So this is absolutely, you know, in honor to him just standing before you today. Um, so we're going to just do our confession real quick. If you have your word or your electronic device before we dive into the word. Everybody got yours to put it in the air. We're going to say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, and not just a hearer. And my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Pastor has been in this vein, this series, um, A New Year, A New You, Lasting Change Happens Within the Context of Relationships. And so in the first week, um, Pastor really talked about uh, relationship, us having a relationship with God. And so I'm just, just to kind of recap, and he said, you know, in the beginning of the year, of course, we all make resolutions, New Year's resolutions, things that we want to change. We make a decision to do life differently. And one of the things he said is that natural change often has a spiritual source. And he spoke about the woman at the well, and he said that there are some things that you have to do in order to see the change and get closer to God. He said, number one, spiritual change confronts your past. And he said the past needs to be confessed, it needs to be forgiven, and it needs to be healed. And we need to alter our approach in worship to God. And this is when he talked about worship and how we worship, um, you know, that worship, the word for worship is like kiss. It's an intimate term. It's an intimate term to know God intimately. Not what he can get from us or what, not what, what, he, what he can give us, but that we just worship him just because of who he is. And so he talked about that in week one. And then last week, he talked about relationships in the context of coming together as a body. And uh, he, he talked about the importance of us gathering and coming together and the dangers of isolation. Remember, he talked about home church and what home church really it is biblical. But the way that it is done now is when it, people are doing it in isolation. And so he talked about how isolation really is a tool of the enemy, because when you get together with other believers, he said um, that there is spiritual fulfillment, that you're strengthened spiritually and you are positioned to receive corporate blessings. So we have context and, and relationships in the context of a relationship with God and a relationship of coming together as a church. And so we're going to continue in that vein. If you can turn to John 10.10. 10. And it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came and the I am here is Jesus. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Hallelujah. 
So this is a picture of Death Valley in California. Death Valley is known as the hottest place on earth, and it is the driest place in North America. There is no life, there is no vegetation. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Men's not thirsty yet. But this is Death Valley, so. Even after you, get, you give your life to God, it's very possible that you can feel like this. That God, I made the decision to follow you, but this still looks like my life is, I don't have the fruit. I don't have what, I've been praying for things and they haven't come to fruition. I've been believing to let go of this hurt, but every now and then it still pokes its head up. And so a lot of times we can feel like this. But what happens every now and then, this is also Death Valley. And what happens is that every so often, Death Valley gets some rain. And when the rain takes place, the seeds that were already in the ground that looked like there was nothing there bloom. The seeds that were there didn't look like anything was there because remember in the previous thing, it was there, but there was life where it, where it did not look like life was. So every so often in Death Valley, the driest, the hottest, the deadest place on earth, you just change the environment a little bit. You change the environment a little bit. It says, so this is some things about annual wildflowers, wildflowers lie dormant as seeds. Even when enough rain does fall, the seeds quickly sprout bloom in the area where there was dryness and just heat. What we find sometimes is that when people come to God, they have a desire to flourish. They want to flourish. They want to be, they want to walk in their purpose. They want to be all that God has designed for them to be. But the problem is they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to get there. They don't know how to go from the dry place to a place in full bloom. So Psalm 16 and 11 says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So God actually provides for us a path, a path of fulfillment. And it's for us to get into his word and see what that path is. How do we get from the dry place to the fruitful? So, Here's the process. Because God wouldn't say that you can have abundant life and not show you how. God would not say that you can be, and I have this great destiny for you. I have put these things in for you and not give you a way how to get there. 
So in Ephesians 1, 17 through 18, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? So let's talk about the vision of EUCC. And I'm going to get Sister Wendy and Sister Shana for taking my my sermon. Y'all didn't get up here. But let's talk about the vision. So the vision of EMCC, number one, is that everyone in here that calls himself a member, number one, knows God. That we know God. And this is in Ephesians when he talks about, when he talks about um, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In there, when, um, when they talk about knowledge or to know God, the term is gnosko. And just like Pastor talked about how worship is intimate, gnosko means to know him intimately. To know him intimately. And it's the same word that he actually used that, um, you know, when uh, Jesus says uh, he, that they c- people come to him, saints come to him, and th- at the end, and they were saying, but, but God, you know, I prophesied in your name. You know, I did all these works in your name. I healed in your name. I cast out, you know, devils in your name. I did all of this in your name. But God says, you never gnoscoed me. You didn't know me. There was no intimate relationship. You did all of these things for people. You did all of these things to be seen, but did you know me? I never knew you. So that's the kind of know. So the first thing we want to do is that we want to know who God is. And Pastor covered that um, in the the first week. The second thing that we need to do, and it's our vision, is to find freedom. In verse 18 of that same Ephesians 1, it says that the eyes of your heart to be enlightened. This is where your perspective changes as you start to view your past through a different lens. Whom the sun set free is free indeed. Now let me tell you a story. And I think Pastor and them have a a similar story about Greg Jr. But um, I took my son... They don't, I don't have a $5 deal with Tafari. So <laughs> I took my son to go and get his eyes checked. And when he went to go and get his eyes checked, I'm sitting, now I have glasses, so I'm sitting there, and, you know, they have him propped up, and he has, you know, one eye covered, and they're flicking the things, you know, and they're like, okay, read line one. And he's like, uh. And she's like, okay, it's one or two better. He was like, uh. And so <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, maybe, l- let me see. Let me just hold on. So then she switches to the other eye. She's like, can you read the first line? He's like, uh, can you read the second line? He's I'm like, my baby can't see. <laughs> you know, like, I really, I told, I was like, oh, my goodness, I felt so bad because my baby, I don't know what he's been seeing. You know, but sometimes we have handicaps that we don't even realize we have because of the way we see things. There are things in our life that have caused our vision not to see clearly. 
there's hurt, there's pain. There's things that were said to us when we were little. And we don't even know that we've carried that our entire lives. But when God starts to reveal to you who he is and who you are in him, then all of a sudden your perspective changes. You have a new lens that you're looking through. And even as I'm speaking now, we all have different lenses. So there are some things that, that I'm saying or some things that I might mention throughout that some people will grasp. And they're like, yeah, this is me. That's because your lens. But don't you know God is the perfect corrector? That he will give you the 2020 vision that you need? So our second thing, our second part of our vision here at EMCC is that we find freedom. And we find the freedom that God has for us. The third thing is that we discover our purpose. That we're actually living on purpose. Because when you know what you're made for, then you can take the focus off of you and then put it on what you're created to do. And as, as I was thinking about, you know, discovering your purpose, one of the things that God laid on my heart, he was like, don't get your assignment and your purpose mixed up. Because your assignment allows you to use your purpose to accomplish what it needs to accomplish. But your purpose you carry with you. So he, he brought to mind one of the gifts, and if you have not gone through the growth track, you really do need to go through the growth track because it will have you identify your spiritual gifts. One of my gifts is administration. One of my gifts, so administration just means that I can put things together, I can organize things, I can get stuff moving. That's just one of the gifts that I have. But with my gift, depending on what my assignment is, depends on what, how I use that gift. If I'm at home managing my home, then I can use that gift of administration to make sure that dinner is cooked, clothes, or children are bathed and cleaned, you know, wiped up. I can, you know, help my husband plan our finances. In the ministry, I might help plan an event. If I work in business, I might be able to um, help achieve a goal for the business, but it depends. But my gifting and my purpose doesn't change, but my assignment might. If you're gifted to be a mother, don't you know your, that assignment looks a little different as your children begin to grow? I don't have to do the same things that, I, that when I first brought them home that I have to do now. And eventually they will get out of the house and my mothering will look different. But my role, my purpose of being a mother doesn't change. It's just how, what it looks like in each season. And so one of the things that um, Pastor talked about, because he talked about purpose a little bit, and he would use the example of an ankle. You know, and if you're not an ankle and you're not in place, then we can't run and he hopped around. Well, the problem is, is that some of us don't even know if we're an ankle. We don't know if we're a foot. We don't know if we're an eye. We don't know what we are. Because we haven't gone through freedom to get a clear vision so God could reveal our purpose to us. So purpose is key because purpose, if you don't know what you are, then you will leave the body in need of. You were, everyone in here was designed with a purpose. And you are needed. You are valuable. 
what God has deposited in you is for use. So never think that something is too little or too small, that you don't have something valuable to offer. And the last one is to make a difference. And it says that, um, again, the same uh, verse in Ephesians, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance? And this actually speaks to a legacy, legacy outside of yourself. You build a legacy not for you, but for others around you, for the others that you leave behind. So we want to make a difference. So this is the vision for EMCC, that we know God, that we find freedom, that we discover our purpose, and that we take that and go and make a difference in, in, in the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Luke 4 and 18. Now, this is uh, before Jesus, he gets ready to start his ministry. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon forgiveness to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. I want to kind of hang my hat, as Pastor would say, is on finding freedom. And like I said, Sister Shana and Sister Wendy and came and stole this part of my message. But I believe it's the Holy Spirit. I know it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sister Wendy says she's opening that. So freedom is not a heaven or hell issue. That was covered with salvation. But freedom is a quality of life issue. It is a quality of life issue. Because when you are not free, you you cannot experience the freedom and the abundant life that God wants you to have, that Jesus died and rose again for, for you to experience when you are not free. Freedom is when you decide to settle your past. Uh Freedom is when you decide to settle your past. This is where healing and deliverance take place. This is the point in your journey where you shake off the definitions of your past that have defined you. This is when you decide to be who God has created you to be. Once you're settled, once your past is settled, then your tomorrow becomes clear. I will tell you, and Sister Wendy kind of um, um, spoke about this, but the freedom groups, I will encourage everyone in here to sign up. Do not leave today not signed up if you have not gone through freedom. Because if you want a new year, if you want a new 2020, if you're tired of doing the same resolution again and again and again and again and again and again and again again every year, you are ready for a change, then there are some things that you are going to have to face. And freedom is the vehicle to help you in the company, in the confinement, in the safety of others. 
to let go of some of those things, to get healed from those hurts. My freedom group, I know y'all liked y'all freedom group, but mine really was the best. Uh, <laughs> and I will tell you, there are things that we talked about in freedom that I couldn't hash out in this setting. There were things where I needed to get healed from. There were things that needed to get exposed in my life that this was not the setting for that to happen in. I am a better me. I am a more useful me because I dealt with some things in my past. And what's beautiful about that setting is that you realize you're not alone. You realize that your situation is really not that unique. You realize that the devil is, the devil is dirty, and he uses those same tools in so many other people's lives. So when we started sharing and we started talking, I was like, you know what? He tried that thing on me. He tried that same thing on me. You want to talk about self-esteem? What he did you, I was the same age when that happened to me too. He don't have no new tricks. But it goes to where you start revealing those things and you start seeing them for what they are. Because see, I thought it was me. It's just what happened to me. It didn't define who I was. So when I started to see a new definition and I started living in that tree of life, then not only did it change how I saw me, it changed how I saw others. It changed how I saw my husband. It changed how I saw my children. It made me a better version of me. So I really, really do not, if you have not gone through freedom and you want to see some change, ministry happens in small groups. From the pulpit, you get, you, there is ministry moments. You get instruction, you get vision. But in, in, it is in the intimate setting where God will not only heal you, he will use you to heal. He will use you to heal. Healing takes place within the context of relationship with God's people. You go to God for forgiveness, but you go to his people for healing. Because people is where the hurt originally happened. So he, the enemy will take the hurt. I've been hurt by men. So now he's taken your perspective of men and changed it. All men are. I don't, I can't do women friends. All women are. I'll never be that in church. All churches are. All leaders are. He takes people to distort. The hurt that was caused by people needs to be healed by people. Because when now, when it comes up, all men are. No. No, that's not true. No. Because I know a few good men. So that, that's not true. 
oh, you can't never trust. Mm, that's not true because I have people I can trust in. I'll never be. No, that's not true because I see other people doing it and God said that he's not a respecter of persons and I understand that now. So now... It is all about your perspective. And since you were hurt and pain happened with people, then the healing has to take place in that new, so that you can have a new perspective, a new context. James 5 and 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Our hurts, our struggles, our chains are residue of interactions with other people. We must be willing to take off the mask in front of others. We have to stop running in circles. We need one another to heal. We are relational. That is how God created us. So the isolation that Pastor talked about yesterday is an absolute attack of the enemy because he knows if you get into relationship with the right people that things will start changing in your life. Amen. So like I said, small groups are a vehicle to facilitate the, heal, the healing that you need. Healing from bitterness, healing from unforgiveness, from selfishness, from anger, impure thoughts, shame, temptation, abuse, condemnation, brokenness, chaos, financial struggles, fear, grief, self-worth. It's a vehicle to facilitate the healing that you need. Um, so earlier last year, I guess right before summer, uh, I really started, um, I guess around April, um, God just started putting on my heart that I needed to homeschool my kids. And so I started praying and thinking and researching. My husband will tell you, I YouTubed every homeschool. What, every time he came home from work, it was on. My kids even like, Mommy, we got to watch homeschool stuff again on YouTube because I had it on there. And God just really started to deal with me about it. Not to say that there was anything wrong with the school system. What I started to find was that my son, my oldest, Tafari, he's eight, he was a good kid, he was a smart kid, but he was starting to get lazy on me. And so he started bringing home work that I knew he could do better than that. And because he's a good kid, because he's quiet, it was easy for him to be overlooked. Well, you know, he got B's and C's, but I knew he could bring home A's. And so God just really started to deal with me. He had great teachers. I don't have, it was really more of I needed to get some individual one-on-one -on -one time with him so that he can get to the standard where I know he's supposed to be. And so 
forgiven. Those things don't change. So, so I decided to go ahead and homeschool. And what's amazing is that one of the things that people are like, well, if you homeschool, they won't have any kind of interaction. They won't, have, they won't know how to act with kids and, you know, all of this. And so, you know, which was one of the things that I kind of thought about. But I homeschool all three of them. So I have a four-year-old, Yemi is my baby, five-year-old, Yaya, and then Safar is my eight-year-old. So we went outside, and Yemi is learning her alphabet. So Yaya already knows her alphabet. Of course, Tafari knows his alphabet. But they're all doing that activity as a group. If you look, Yemi, it, I don't know if you can see it, but in the first picture, she's actually holding up the letter R. And in that picture, Tafari's like, like he's the supervisor. He's looking at her like, mm. But in the next picture, if you look, he's actually putting the R where it belongs. And God said, you know, that's a small group. That's a small group because you walk into a small group with all different levels of knowledge, all different levels of experience. And so the one that doesn't know where the R goes has one that knows, I know that that's an R, but she has another one that's been there before that's mastered the R and can say, hey, you need to put this right here. And what's beautiful about this experience for me is that as we sit around the table, there are things that Yemi is learning that Tafari's learning at the same time. So the other day we sat down and we started talking about atoms and matter. We were doing like a little science lesson. Really, it was more so for Tafari. But I asked Yemi, who's my four-year-old, Yemi, tell me what are the parts of an atom? She said, atom has neutrons, electrons, and protons. It's about the environment and the exposure. It's about the environment and the exposure. So even as you're considering coming into a small group, like, well, look, I just started this, this walk with Jesus. I haven't been uh, in this thing a really long time. I don't know because, you know, well, you know, I know you've been saved since you were 11 and you've been saved. You know, you grew up in church. You know, I just came. But the beauty of it is, is that there's learning opportunities and there's growth. So it's not only healing that takes place, there's growth that takes place. When we decide to get together and pour into one another. And your experiences that you've had, see, there are all different things that people have been through. There are some things that I have not gone through yet that maybe you who just came to know Christ can share with me to get me through something. Some people have gone through so much loss, but when I come and a loss is just new, has just happened to me, doesn't matter if you're older than me or younger. There's an experience that you can share with me that can help get me through. There's something that you have that can give me growth where I need growth. Never think that what you have to offer isn't valuable and needed. 
because even him could tell you what a neutron is. Amen. So, Psalms 92, 13 and 14. It says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish and be a vital and fresh Rich in trust and love and contentment. The beauty of it is, is that God has more than survival for us. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to flourish. But you have to be planted in an environment that will help you flourish. Because if, if you get up and go, if I, let me tell you, if I let Yimmy do what she wanted to do, every time she got bored, every time she didn't feel like sitting at the table, what she's learning now, she wouldn't know. But I make her plant her behind in the seat. And when we have school, she's learning too. And she gets the overflow of what Yaya and Tafari learned. She gets the overflow. So you have to be planted. Consistency is key to going through the process of healing and growth. Even when you don't feel like coming, it's not about feeling. It's about a choice. Freedom is a choice. Freedom is a choice. And if you are choosing freedom, best believe there are going to be things that come up that are going to want to stop you from making that choice. So you want to make that choice. You have to be consistent. Again, you want to bloom. So there's one thing about the super bloom. In order for the super bloom to take place, deep soaking in gentle rain is essential. A deep soaking. This means that a rainstorm of a half an inch or more is needed to wash the protective coating off of the wildflower and allow the wildflower to grow. For plants to continue growing, rainstorms must come at an evenly spaced interval throughout the winter and spring. By blooming in mass, wildflowers can attract large numbers of pollinators. So what that says, in order for this to happen, you have to, in order for a bloom to happen, for it to take place in your life, you have to be in position, you have to be in the environment to receive consistent rain. Consistent rain. What is filling your cup daily? What is filling your cup weekly? If you want to get the stuff washed off of you that needs to be washed off, then you have to be in the right environment in order for that to happen. And here's the thing. When you start making those changes and you start looking like that, people that knew you before be like, oh, you acting different. You acting funny now. Oh, you got these kind of friends now. Oh, you don't do that anymore. You used to do it. We, you, you ain't even fun anymore. You acting brand new. 
But the truth is, no, it's just the seeds that God had planted in me are now sprouting. They've always been there. Because God gave this to me when he created me. So who I am now, this bloom that you see, it's always been there. It's just that I got in the right environment to make it grow. I got in the right environment. And so I would challenge each one of you to make sure that you plant yourself. Position yourself to get into the right environment. Pastor asked that you give EMCC a year. If you don't have a church home, if this is not your church home, if you're looking, give EMCC a year. Put yourself in an environment that could pull those things out of you that God has in you. We have prayer for the rest of this week. Prayer has been amazing. And we're actually going to be praying about freedom. I want to say tomorrow at 6 o'clock. So come, make yourself available. Before you leave today, join a small group. If you have not gone through freedom, join freedom. Join a freedom group. If you've gone through, if you went through freedom but you didn't complete it, do it again. Do it again. We're not going to be like, no, you can't do it because you didn't come last time. No, we want you free. It is our desire that we walk in freedom. So my question for you all today is just where are you in your process? For those, some of you say, well, you know, I really don't know God. If you don't know him, he's waiting for you right now. He's ready for you right now. If you feel a tug on your heart and you're like, I'm so tired of doing things the same way, I need God, I need you in my life. I'm tired of feeling hopeless. I'm tired of having no peace. I want joy back in my life. If you went away from him, he says, come home, prodigal son. Come home, prodigal daughter. Where are you in your process? Or maybe it's freedom. Maybe there's freedom that needs to take place. You've given your life to God, but there are just some things that, God, I'm so tired of being bound. I'm so tired of being bitter. I'm so tired of being lonely. I'm so tired of being sad. I'm so tired. I'm tired of not trusting. I know, God, I'm tired of being selfish, but the only reason I'm selfish is because I'm protecting myself. Because I've been hurt so many times, so I'm going to do me. But God doing me is not working. There is freedom. So is it freedom that you need today? And for those who have gone through freedom, is there a fight for you to stay free? Because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you are fighting to stay, to stay free, and those things are starting, some things are coming back and like, no, I've conquered that. Then I want to pray for you today. God is so good. He's so awesome.
Can you just bow your heads? Y'all can dim the light. Hallelujah, Lord. I would just encourage you that even as I was speaking, that you identify where you are. The beauty of it is God wants to sup with you. So God, right now, God, I'm just praying, God. Hallelujah. Lord, for that person that wants to know you, God. That today, God, as they make a decision to follow you, as they make a decision to turn back, God, I just pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you give them peace like never before. That you be the restorer of their joy. God, I thank you, God, that they'll make confessions, God, to you. I'm just going to ask that everybody repeat after me for those who do want salvation. But I'm going to ask that everybody repeat. Say, Lord. I need you. I'm tired of doing this thing alone. Today, I make a choice to receive you as my Savior. Jesus, I want you as the Lord of my life. And I give you my will. Come into my heart and do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And now I just want to pray for those who are seeking freedom or are fighting to keep the freedom that they have. God, I just thank you, God, that you really do want us to have life and have it more abundantly. That when you came, God, and when we received you, God, we have the opportunity to break free of the chains. I thank you, God, that you are redefining, God, who we are. That we need the freedom that only can happen, God, through a commitment to you. God, help us to see others. Help us to reconnect, God. Help us to nurture relationships that need to be nurtured, God. Help us to nurture relationships that are dear to us, God. God, I thank you, God, that in the connection, freedom will happen. In the connection, healing will take place, God. I come against the barrier of past hurts and pains that will stop the connection. I come against the memories that will stop connection from happening, God. I pray for a connection to happen, God. Open our hearts to receive, God, your vessels. Put us in the environment, God, that will cause us to grow. Rain down your Holy Spirit on our lives so that we can walk in the freedom that you have given us to walk. God, I pray for godly people to start entering our lives, that we don't push them away, but that we receive them. And we receive the love that they give through you. God, I thank you, God. I thank you that freedom will take place, God, in this church. I pray, God, that freedom will take place 
in every family that is represented here. And God, as we become free, let us be spiritual Harriet Tubman's. God, that we go back and get those that are bound, God. That we go back and get those that are still in shackles, that are still enslaved, God. And that we bring them along us, along with us on this journey of freedom, God. God, so that we can be who you have called us to be. So that we can inherit, God, what you want us to inherit, God. So that we will leave a legacy. So, God, when we come to the end of this thing, God, that we are satisfied, that we have done what you have called us to do. I glorify your name, God. Be with everyone, God. God, I pray a special anointing on every small group that is going to take place over the next few months. I pray for every small group leader, God. I pray that ministry and deliverance happens like never before. I cover it, God. Thank you for meeting us here today. We glorify your name. We honor you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.